welcome to the latest uh, podcast. Just going to run through the horses, update on how everything's getting on. We had about 10 winners in June, which is, which is solid. Uh, looking to step up on that in July. Um, nurseries are starting now. We've got half a dozen horses that are tailor made for nurseries, so those should be adding to the uh, pot as well. We're still probably only running about 50% of the horses at the moment. So things are going to get bigger and better, hopefully, as the season goes on. And we've got some good two-year-olds that we haven't seen yet. Um, you know, probably some of the classier ones are, yeah, the yet to debut of half. I've had one or two runs, um, and we'll progress from them. Sat and have talk in the background, but we'll move on. As I said, just on my way to Chester and just past one of the owners. That was nice, on the uh, M62 or whatever we were on. Right, let's move on to the horses. So, Fulman out, Grand Tours, going well. Been for one race course gallop. She's getting close to a run. I would expect her to be debuting around at the end of the month. Uh, looks above average at this stage. Mercy ran a great race at York last yesterday. <laughs> she will probably go to Goodwood for the conditions race. Um, Doville on the 6th of August will be her main target. Sophia Starlight's had entries, went for some good ground, she goes well, showed plenty of ability. Ascending Glories outside my front door, can start um, walking on the 19th, so 10 more days box rest. Last border was sold at sales this week, sold privately afterwards to uh, Alex, thanks very much Alex, we appreciate your support, um, good luck with her in the future. Nurse Claire settled for the first time and breathed for the first time this year. Um, stuck her head in the air when asked for a bit of an effort, which was a bit frustrating. I think we find a race where there's going to be strongly run. They're going to go a million miles an hour when it falls in a hole. That'll be the race for her. Over George's. I did mention the two years last time because it's. Um, I don't get a lot of information out of George at the moment because he's that, he's, he's that busy. But generally, we've got, we've got a group that are for the back end. The, uh, the Gregorian Philly ran a nice debut. Um, she'll be winning, we would, we think, um, probably take a couple of runs. Um, the first one is just a case of getting out of the way. She's a nice filly called Zebra Star. Crownland is getting closer to working and closer to running. Clear to land, um, we're hoping it's well handicapped. She's no star, but we're hoping we can win a couple of races in, in July and August and then probably move on at some point. Borging ran last night at Chester, hated the track. Um, I'm not overly concerned, uh, it was drawn 6 of 6 and it was running 0 to 85 and she was 60 whatever. Um, still got faith in that horse, just next time I think we'll see a far better performance. We're going to run on a flat track uh, of 6. Hello my darlings, didn't go to York, it's got an entry in a handicap at Newmarket next week. Corazon debuts today, we'll need the run, um, but hopefully we'll see the best part, best from her towards the end of the year. Oscula goes to Chester, uh, listed winner, listed second. Should have run her in the Falmouth, kicking myself about that one. Where would she have finished? Don't know, but I'd be surprised if she wasn't in the three. Uh, Lucia Joy, disappointing. Can't put a finger on what we're gonna, what's gone wrong. Um, probably going to step her back into it. Looks a bit, there's plenty on the bridle, but weak off it. Fast response turned to joint. Um, she is back ridden now, and we'll see her on the track in the second half of July. Kaboo trotted up for the first time sound yesterday. Um, he's got one more week's box rest, and then we're going to start getting him going again. Um, so good news for him. Uh, Honey Sweet, probably go to 
uh, glorious Goodwood meeting for the Group 3 fillies only race. Life's going to get tougher for those three-year-olds because they're going to start. There's less fillies only races and there's less three, well, there's no three-year-old only races now. So they've got to run against the older horses and against Colts, and Colts as well. So things are going to be harder. The French races for three-year-olds only continue. So we will be going to France more than we have done so far in the year. Um, Gilded, ran yesterday at Yorks, up six furlongs, five furlong horse, got it wrong, back to five furlongs going forward. True Gem, uh, won nicely at Goodwood, disappointed last time out. They went way too fast and then she got smashed into, and then she was running on fumes. Uh, she'll be on the track soon when we get a little bit of soft ground. Late night mistakes sold at Tats this week. I think we made a thousand pound profit on it because we've ordered for five and sold it for six. Al Kareem, desperately unlucky not to win the Bahrain Trophy. Second beat of nose or whatever it was. Um, gut, gutted for finishing second in a group three. We picked up over 40,000 in prize money. Um, serious horse. There are talk of him, um, Australian people buying into the horse, which is interesting. Um, we will see where we go next, but I suspect he'll go to Goodwood for the Group 3. Over mile 4, which isn't ideal, would much rather be a mile 6. Um, but that's the only really option that he's got left, unless we start supplementing him. Odell Star is doing everything right. She won't be on the track in July, but I suspect she will be on the track in August. Secret Angel. I've got... Um, Ran at Ponty. If it was fast ground at Ponty and then went far rail, I think she'd have won a much better race. Um, won't, be, won't be rushing her back to the trip, track. We'll probably see her towards the end of the month. Riverside Girl won nicely at Ponty Frat this week. Looks a well handicapped horse. Did it the hard way. From out the back, picked them up nicely. Poppy Carew, um, she ran fine first time at York. Disappointed at Newmarket. And two opposite races in terms of how we rode her. Um, just need to learn a little bit more about her. Naomi's Charm um, ran fine at um, but, but, but where did she run? Newcastle, finishing third uh, in what was probably a decent race. The winner certainly looks smart. We will see her on the track. We'll see her on the track in. Um, sorry, having a sudden out of issues here. We'll see her on the track in. Um, or on the all weather. If it continues to get the heat wave that we're having, if not, we'll see up somewhere where we get some good ground. She looks like she's got plenty of ability. Elusive Truth works picking up. She's going faster and faster at home. Joints are holding up. Uh, always going to be fully for the back end. Alexis Princess disappointed at Chelmsford. When you go back to six furlongs on a flat track. Cody Dancer looks tailor made for handicaps. We'll get a mark on Tuesday. Tondus growing, gone a little bit weak. Still going nicely at home, uh, just needs a bit more time. On Marine, sold this week at Tattersall's. Marshman won easily on debut, did everything wrong at the beginning of the race, did everything wrong at the end of the race, and hosed in. Um, he's got an entry in the gym crack at York. Where we'll go in between, he'll probably take in a novice. I can't see him going to Goodwood. Carrier Angel, Dark Angel, fully doing it nicely at home. She's one, um, we've not pressed all the buttons, but the buttons we've pressed so far, she's react she's responded to them well. She'll be on the track in July, and I think she's a nice filly. Signora Bullissima, we'll see her some point late July. Um, we were disappointed in the debut run, but we'll forgive her that, and we'll see how we get on second time. Wave Machine's about to have entries. 
she should be winning or going very close on the second star. Raising Sand in good form at home, waiting for some cut in the ground. He will have a very entertaining second half of the year. Seaham ran no race last time. He's going to go to Beverly on the 12th, uh, where Amy in the yard is going to ride him, and we might put some blinkers on. Bells will be trying to find some races, but she disappointed last time. Ben thought she didn't try. Eldrick Jones will have entries at Doncaster next week in a note to 95. We're doing, I put him in at Hamilton today. He'll go to Doncaster or Hamilton. Doncaster's on the 21st. He'll be winning again soon. Maggie's turn. Ran a very nice debut race at Haydock. <laughs> wasn't knocked about, wasn't fully fit. Come out of it well. Roger is raving about her. Twilight Lady. Um, ran fine at Chester. Probably just the, the stall position and the early lack of early pace um, was against her. Champagne, Shalar Philly, taking a bit of time, um, not rushing her. She was always going to be better at three than two. Territorial Waters, and um, we think we've found the problem to the horse. Um, it had a splint in front, and the splint took time to um, to appear. Um, soon she'll be coming back in, and fingers crossed everything will, will be fine with her. Chabayo de Teco, um, baited breath horse, being gelded, back cantering. Uh, we'll be working second half of the month. Post Office Road will probably go to Redka on the 17th of July. Liked his debut, didn't like his second run, hated the surface. Sophie Star goes to Chester today. Uh, draw's not good, trips question mark, but there was nothing else for her. I'd like to take her to, to Goodwood for the 0 95. Three year old only handicap at the end of the month. Sat now putting in an appearance again. Henza, good debut run. He will go to Newcastle on the 23rd for another the race there. Bought the, the Autad Philly. She's joined Roger now. Get a report on her early in the week. Tottenham Forest, unfortunately, had a chip in her knee. That's been removed and she is on the mend. Last line call didn't work this week, but will be working next week. Kahira is probably going to go to Longshot San Clue on the 16th or the 21st. Upper Lily, very smart filly. Laura's raving about her. Look out for her in the middle of August in Torville. Lopez Gold needs some digging the ground, but it's beginning to put good ones back to back now. Inspected is getting fit again um, following issue, following her injury. Um, we'll look out for her on the track in August. Unagi is going to go to Beverly on the 12th. Need to find a jockey for her in the morning. Fariba, nice horse, will win a novice, has plenty of entries, we're just waiting for good ground. And then the Galloway filly we bought with Harry Eustace, well, we'll ask it winning terrain, shares are available, he likes what he's seen so far, he's only had a two or three days, but very straightforward filly, sound no problems. Um, he thought she'd be debuting over six and over seven, uh, I was thinking to debut over seven and over eight, but she's won for the second half of the year, Probably stay on the track in four to six weeks. Um, she's the last two-year-old we're buying this year, so if anybody wants shares in another two-year-old, she would be the one. Okay, so we're at the part of the uh, section on uh, the podcast where we talk about all things racing. And I'm going to start off by um, talking about um, percentages, win percentages, players' percentages. Um, so I'm going to do a very simple 
search, and I'm going to use Paul Nichols as the um, what's the word? The, the example, basically. I've chosen Paul Nichols. Uh, I'm not not trying to pick on him. Um, Paul's generally got the highest strike rate of uh, trainers in the UK, and um, I'm using him to kind of explain how win strike rates can be. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, misleading. Okay, so I'm looking at Paul's record. Um, over the last five years, he's got a win percentage of 23%. Okay, which is which is very high. I think mine's about half that. So he's obviously doing very well. Now, does that make him twice as good as what we do? Um, you know, the, the, answer, the answer's no, depending on how you look at it. Um, so, for example... Factors that determine your win strike rate, the first most important factor is the field sizes that you're running in. So imagine every year you were trying to win the Grand National and there was 40 runners. If you were an average and you didn't have runners in any other race on the Grand National, your average strike rate would be 2.5%. Now, if you were striking above 2.5%, you are above average because there's 40 runners in the race and therefore your chances of winning on average is uh, 2.5%. 40 times 2.5% is 100%. Um, so the grand, if you a trader just focused on the Grand National, it's going to be very hard for them to have a high strike rate. And those people might look at their percentage and say, oh, that's not very good. 2.5%, um, well, Paul Nichols' strike rate is 10, uh, 10 times that, 23%. Um, but what's happening um, a lot in the racing is the field sizes are determined very much by the type of horse that they own, train, ride, whatever. So, for example, Paul Nichols will have lots of runners in novice hurdles, novice chases. Um, and I'm just going to scroll down on his racing post record. The last 14 days, he's had six runners. And the field sizes for those fields are two, eight, four. 11, 5, and 8. So a quick bit of mass, 24, 28, 38. So the average field size there is just above 6. So he should be having a strike rate of about 16%. 16 times 6 is about 100%. His strike rate should be about 100, uh, 16%. is 23%. In that period, it actually is 16% because he's won one of the six, while Max won at New and Abbott on the 1st of July. Um, so... That's one extreme, and then the grass is the other extreme. So if you had, if you had a trainer who purely ran in novice, ran his horse in novice chases, where I think the average striker, uh, sorry, the average field size is about four runners, then he should have a strike rate of twenty five percent. Better than twenty five percent is above average. Below twenty five is um, below average. Um, so that's my point there. Um, and then something else that you factor in is um, the amount that you pay for the horses. So, for example, if I was going to sales and spending, on average, half a million pounds per horse, as probably Charlie Appleby does, I, I haven't got those stats to hand, but I, I would imagine that the horses in, in his yard would cost, on average, about half a million pounds per horse, then his strike rate is going to be increased because he's starting off with a better product. Um Whereas if you look at a lower trainer, um, not, not particular names to hand, but who goes to sales on average and spends 5000 
then his strike rate is going to be much lower. It doesn't mean he's any less a trainer. It's just the materials he started with are obviously lower quality. Um, so that's that. Um, and yeah, I just wanted to point that out. So when people look at um, percentage strike rates, there is more to it than meets the eye. Um, you have to delve a little bit deeper into it before you actually realise the true value of the trainer um, and you know the, the, the value that they add. Okay, so now to some questions. Have I thought about pin hooking? Um, so yeah, I did lots of pin hooking. Um, well, a long t a long time ago. It seems a long time ago. Um, one of the first, so the first time I did pin hooking, I bought into the sales. I bought six fulls, spent about two hundred thousand, um, and I think I got about that back. One of the ones which I bought was a horse called Chief Barker. Um, he won three times out for Richard Hannon and Midland Park Racing, and he was sold to America in the end. Um, he won the Ascendant Stakes, was sixth in the Racing Post Trophy. I bought him for about 20,000 euros, if memory serves, just looking now, 26,000 euros. Um, took him to the sales. He'd gone, the girl who were doing it then didn't do a great job. It was the first year doing it, and um, he'd gone in his coat. Anyway, it was a good horse. Um, we sold him to America for lots of money later on. There was another filly that year. It was a Dark Angel filly that Richard Hannon bought from me. She went to... Um, she was Richard Hannon's best two-year-old that year, two-year-old filly that year. I forget the name of it. It was something Angel. Um, El Chicago owned her. Um, she was very smart. And the same year, I also had a horse called Jally, who was a Tamiyos that I bought out of um, a group one winning mare called Miss Beatrix. I bought her for about fifty thousand. Was getting a sales system. Sorry, him for forty-eight thousand and sold him for eighty thousand to Shadwell at the year in sales. So, yeah, I've I've done it before. I, that was the first year I did. That was two thousand eleven. Um, was it two thousand eleven? No, sorry, two two. Just looking at that. Yeah, two thousand eleven. That was when I did those. Um, but kind of since since then, I probably did a little bit the, the couple of years after. One of the horses that I did pin hook was Wells Fargo, the um, Tim Easterby horse that um, won the Bowen Trophy. Um, it was a very good horse for Tim. I think I bought him for €17,000 uh, and sold him for 17000 sterling. So that wasn't a great success. Um, but I think Tim knocked back seven-figure offers at, at once upon a time. Um, so yeah, it's something I do, but now we've got um, a, a big broodmare band. I went down that route as um, I was trying to avoid spending 200,000 or 300,000 at the sales buying the uh, fulls. But actually by going to the, into the mares, I've actually spent the same amount of money, if not more, on um, the mares, the nominations, staff to look after them, uh, feed for the mares, etc., etc., land. So it's probably worked out about the same, um, but that, that's what I'm doing now. It's very hard to do pin hooking and breeding. You generally find that now people do one or the other. Next question: uh, the work that I put into the sales have identified when considered to be my shortlist. Do I track these horses? That, um, do I believe there's any merit in do so? Doing so, absolutely. Um, so. You, make, you go to the sales, you make your list, and let's say there's 500 horses at the sales, and I end up with a list of 70 horses. Of those 70 horses, 
There might be only 10 or 15 that were in my price range, but I will track them all. Um, it's, it's kind of... It, it, it shows you when you've got it right. It also shows you when you've got it wrong. And if you've got it right or if you've got it wrong, you look back at the notes, look about the horse that was um, there in front of you on that day you know and try and try and learn from things something i have learned recently well it's kind of the last five years is if i go to the sales and i end up with um i say i end up with 100 horses on my on my short list generally the best 25 physicals don't end up being the best 25 horses so these are horses that do make the list so these are good physicals but the very best 25 don't end up being the best horses the best let's say the best 25 horses from within that 100 are generally random in there, which is why I try and keep prices to a low, lower amount uh, because I think there is a, there's a fair element of luck. Um, you need a good physical, but you also need a horse that's got a good mind and then you need a bit of luck afterwards, a clear run, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. What are the factors considered when a horse is determined ready for its first run? Okay, so this is the first run is nearly nearly a hundred percent down to the trainer. Um, so when you buy a horse, you've got an idea of when what trip you think it's going to run over and when you think it'll be ready, and you can base that on its pedigree and what it looks like. Generally, the bigger and heavier it is, the more time it will take. The faster the pedigree, the earlier it will be. The slower the pedigree, the later it will be. Um, so, for example, um, Oscula and Mystery Angel. Both very good horses, both rated in the low hundreds. Um, Oscula was a smaller physical. She was probably 15.2, 15.3. Very good mover. Uh, weighs, now weighs around about 4.24, kilograms as a three-year-old. As a two-year-old, I would imagine she'd be slightly lower. Um, very good mover. Bit of a greyhound. 4.24, 30 kilos would be small. Um, so you'd be thinking that she would be an early season two-year-old. Mystery Angel at sales was probably 15, 3, 16 hands and weighed around about 460 kilos and then grew from there. And she um, debuted second half of the, I think it was August, and did all her good running at the back end of a two-year-old career, was obviously second in the um, Epsom Oaks, the group one. Um, so physically you, you get a fair idea in, straight away and then pedigree tells you a little bit as well so that said mystery angels was but was a, a uh, out of a code was cody bear out of a dark angel mare which is speed on speed but physically she didn't look fast she looked like she looked class but not fast which is why she was a, a later horse um but then it comes down to the trainers and how they get on so for example um we've got a horse called Crownland that's in training with george bauer this morning a month ago, um, she was cantering and hacking away, and George was uh, of the opinion that she wasn't ready to work. Two weeks ago, he told me that her work had, had improved. She must have been finding things a lot easier, so she was uh, getting to the top of the gallop easier without without blowing afterwards. Was perhaps moving better, giving the giving the the rider a better feel, and she's got to a stage where this morning she did her first piece of work. Now, work is where they go from cantering, which is effectively, if you like, you know, a, a strong jog, to um, fast work. So they're probably going from 28, 30 miles an hour to 35 to 40 miles an hour when they're working. And at that point, when you work them, you work them upside of other horses, and then you can compare one horse against another horse. 
Um, I know, for example, Cal and George will work horses in groups of two or three, and um, the horses that, that generally are winning the gallops, they are the ones that they are thinking about running. It makes no sense to run the horse that's getting beat every week at home than to take that to the trap because chances are you know, it will it will underperform. We ran a filly called Maggie's Turn at Haydock about two weeks ago. She finished third of seven, ran a good race, and she is a big 474.80, good-moving filly, uh, very much in the mould of Mystery Angel. Um, now, I said to Sean, what would have happened if we'd have run her a month earlier and he'd said she'd have finished last? Because she hadn't quite come to herself. She wasn't. She was getting stronger all the time. And at that point, uh, when she ran at Haydock, she'd been for a race. She'd been for, sorry, an away day gallop, um, a gallop outside the yard. So she got in the horse butts, uh, worked in a group of four, worked well. And therefore, um, she did that three times. And actually, on the first piece was average, second piece was average, third piece was good. That was the that was the clue that told us that she was ready to run. 